This is Shanahan on Literacy, and I'm Tim Shanahan. Welcome. This is the site where we believe that there's nothing more noble than to teach someone to read. Today's topic is about teaching prosody. Should we teach it? Uh, why would we teach it? I recently received a letter from a teacher who asks, how expressive should young children's reading be? We're told that oral reading fluency consists of accuracy, rate, and prosody, but our monitoring tests only consider accuracy and rate. Does prosody matter in first and second grade? And if it does, how do we measure it? Well, here's my response. Uh, experts have long accepted the idea that oral reading fluency, or these days we usually refer to it as text reading fluency, improves along with the rest of reading development. As readers advance, their ability to read words accurately improves. Their automaticity in reading those words improves as well. That rate measure that you mention is usually used as an index of, of automaticity. And prosody improves too. Funny thing is, no one seems to question whether accuracy or automaticity gains are central to reading development. The idea that teaching kids to recognize words proficiently uh, makes their reading better seems obvious to everybody. But the role of prosody isn't as well accepted. Some folks think prosody is just like accuracy and automaticity. If prosody doesn't improve, then reading can't get better either. According to this view, teachers should try to teach prosody, whatever that may mean. While others are of a mind that prosody is just a side effect, it gets better because of reading improvement and has nothing to contribute to the process. <laughs> In other words, according to these experts, don't sweat the prosody. More and more, I think the evidence seems to be coming down on the prosody matter side. Prosody, it turns out, is a complex variable with many parts, some of which may be necessary to reading success. What is prosody? The National Reading Panel described it rather straightforwardly as proper expression. I wrote that definition myself, but when I talk to teachers and kids, I provide an even more down-to-earth explanation. It just means making the text sound like spoken language. Now, don't take me too literally on that, because when I read silently, I want the text in my head to sound like spoken language, too. So you have prosody whether you're reading aloud or silently. For a more scholarly explanation of prosody, let's turn to Melanie Kuhn and her colleagues. Prosody is appropriate expression or intonation coupled with phrasing that allows for maintenance of meaning. Let me do that again. Prosody is the appropriate expression or intonation coupled with phrasing that allows for maintenance of meaning. This, they clarify, includes variations in frequency or pitch, duration of vowels, stress on syllables, and pausing. These processes are thought to be important because they seem to be used to break up or parse text into meaningful units, to manage the information included in the syntax of the sentences and the discourse properties of the text. That means fluency is about both decoding and comprehending. That's why in the active model of reading, fluency is included in the bridging variables category, the, the place where they put variables that are both fish and fowl, that are both decoding and comprehension. 
The original notions of fluency instruction tended to focus on the decoding parts of the concept, with claims about its value for increasing sight vocabulary, or its abilities to apply uh, phonics skills, uh, and the accomplishment of automaticity. In each of these explanations, sight vocabulary, application of phonics, accomplishment of automaticity, fluency leads to better decoding, which in turn enables comprehension. Fluency of practice in these explanations was not expected to have any direct impact on understanding. Given that, it shouldn't be surprising that a good deal of the literature on fluency instruction focuses either on beginning readers or struggling readers, students likely to need attention to their decoding skills. More recent research, however, shows that text reading fluency is more closely related to reading comprehension than is word reading fluency. You wouldn't expect that difference if text fluency was no more than decoding. If word reading fluency and text reading fluency were the same thing, they'd have the same relationship with comprehension. But that's not the case. Something else is evidently going on in text reading that isn't going on when we're just reading words or wordless. And it appears that uh, whatever that difference is seems to be bound up in the prosody part of the definition. Recent research shows there to be a moderate relationship between prosody and comprehension. We shouldn't really expect more than that, since there are other factors that play a role in comprehending, too. Unfortunately, prosody is a complex variable with multiple parts and unclear connections among those parts. Scientists are still trying to figure out the best ways to measure each of them. In any event, the durations and frequencies of pausing, intonation, expressiveness, smoothness, and pitch are complicated things to measure, especially in the varying context that different texts present. The reading of more difficult texts leads to less prosodic reading, and no one knows what the proper reader text match would be most appropriate for estimating prosody properly. Perhaps the best estimate would come not from the reading of a single text or even from an average of multiple readings of text at a given level. Maybe it would entail multiple readings of different levels of text or some kind of improvement score based upon rereading. One thing that that previous study reported was that at this point, the prosody rating scales do a better job than the spectrogram assessments that more precisely measure sound waves to the milliseconds. That's important because it means that teachers can monitor prosody reasonably well by listening to students' oral reading. My favorite among the rating schemes? The simplest one, the one uh, used uh, by the National Assessment, is uh, the one I like best. It It is a four-point scale and focuses mainly on pausing, a variable with a clear relationship to reading comprehension. Rather than trying to quantify expressiveness, we aren't interested in whether kids can make the text sound like Jack Nicholson or Meryl Streepwood. This approach emphasizes how the words are grouped by the students. If a text is read choppily word by word, it is a, it's rated a one. If the pauses usually come every second or third word, but without attention to the grammar or punctuation, it's rated two. 
Both of those scores show disfluency that would be expected to undermine understanding. Threes and fours reflect pauses between multi-word segments, but most importantly, these pauses reflect the punctuation and grammar of the sentences. The text sounds meaningful. A listener who didn't have the text before her would be able to grasp the meaning, something that would be hard to do for an extended read with those one and two ratings. Obviously, there's more to prosody than pausing, but pausing seems to be a pretty powerful proxy for the whole thing. Kids who aren't pausing in appropriate places probably aren't doing much else to make the text sound meaningful. Think of these sentences. Uh, let's only concern ourselves with the pausing right now. Uh, and, and I'm going to read uh, a sentence over and over, uh, showing it uh, how you'd rate it at, at different levels. And the, the sentence that we're going to use is, good business is not always about the bottom line. It's a sentence I just lifted out of a, a fourth grade uh, textbook. Good business is not always about the bottom line. That's a one. Most of the breaks are at single words, and it's pretty clear that that student isn't really understanding the text very well. So let's let's improve on that a little bit. Good business is not always uh, about the bottom line. <laughs> That's a two. Uh, the, the student is doing a little bit better there. He's grouping up more uh, uh, two and three word segments. But this is a, a youngster who's paying no attention to the grammar. He's not trying to put together noun phrases and verb phrases and things like that. Here's a three. Good business is not always about the bottom line. As you can hear with that, uh, the, the breaks are uh, paying some attention to the grammar. Again, we're getting uh, you know, some twos and threes and, and even a four in there. But, but the big thing is that while it might not sound like great, it might not have uh, perfect expressiveness, it, it groups the words in ways that would allow you to understand it. And it really makes some sense following the grammar and the punctuation. And then a four might be something like, good business is not always about the bottom line. A lot more smoothness, uh, fewer pauses in that sentence. The words are grouped up well, and, and there's even a little bit of uh, uh, intonation that maybe gives some clues to the meaning. Uh, what I like about that scale is I can I can listen to that when I'm listening to a child read in class, and it's easy for me to to categorize them into you know one or another of those four categories. Uh, now the differences there might not seem so great between a, a a a one and a two or a two and a three and so on, but remember that's only a single nine word sentence. Imagine that you're reading an entire passage in each of those ways, uh, along with some of the word reading errors and repetitions and intonation problems that are likely to accompany the, these estimates of prosody with the one and two ratings. And you'll, you'll see uh, why that would be so detrimental to comprehension. 
teachers should listen for those prosody weaknesses and should provide students with instruction aimed at helping them to overcome them. And so pay attention to the pausing. One approach that has been found to improve the prosody of early readers is repeated reading. Uh, having students read text aloud that they cannot already read well, and doing so two or three times to read it better each time can have positive effects on accuracy, automaticity, and yes, prosody as well. One small study found that having the kids work on their expressiveness when doing this kind of repeated reading improved reading comprehension. This entails things like getting kids to make questions sound like questions or using one's voice quality to distinguish narration from dialogue. Another successful approach is to provide guidance on how to group words within sentences. Chunking. One of my favorite studies of all time administered standardized reading comprehension tests to students. The test passages were either parsed for the students, sort of like I was doing with the sentences above, you know, putting in, say, slashing marks to show you where the pauses go, or they weren't marked that way. The kids who had the parsed sentences outscored the other kids by a full grade level. That shows you how important uh, getting the pause in right can be. Studies have shown, uh, though usually with older students, that it is possible to teach kids to chunk sentences into meaningful parts and that that has positive impacts on reading comprehension. Do guided uh, practice with that, helping students to figure out where to pause and how to recognize prepositional phrases and other kinds of phrases. As with other kinds of teaching, as students gain proficiency, you provide less support of that kind. I would do that kind of work with text that uh, we would otherwise be working with, such as this week's reading selection or the chapter in the social studies book. I know there are materials out there aimed at having kids reading phrases. I know of no research into the effectiveness of that approach, though research does show that as students gain reading proficiency, the amount of time between words in high-frequency phrases declines. That could mean that phrase reading practice deserves some attention as well. Also, there's been a good deal of work into making sense of sentences, and I suspect that, too, could be beneficial in this case. Uh, I recently uh, published a blog on this that you can find out if you just look up sentence comprehension on my site. Now, remember, the point of all of this is to make the reading sound meaningful. If students can convert the words on the page into meaningful sentences, they'll be more likely to read the text with full comprehension. That's where prosody comes in. And so guiding kids to do that as early as in first and second grade really makes sense. Uh, this blog entry uh, includes about 15 different uh, research references in it. So if you want more details, uh, you would uh, want to look there. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope this will give you some guidance into how to recognize whether uh, youngsters are uh, reading with sufficient expressiveness, and if they're not, it's giving you some clues as to the, the kinds of um, teaching uh, that might do boys and girls some good. Uh, thank you very much.